Hey, hey y'all. This is uh this is Taz. Hey, welcome back to uh BP Speaks. I'm be um I'm gonna try to be transparent um in this segment. Uh And it took me a long time. Um, I'm sitting here, about probably like 20, 30 minutes, trying to figure out if I should even do this, if I should even speak, because my whole thing with this whole podcast is to help, help others, and help bring awareness um, to those who listen who will listen, who don't really know too much about bipolar, borderline personality disorder, any type of mental illness. But this one right here, I think, because it hits home so recent, I I wanna talk to those who are on the verge or thinking about, or if you know somebody who I don't know, want to commit suicide. Suicide is a big thing. You know, some people don't understand it. People don't understand how can somebody, how can they take their own life? What was wrong with them? Are they crazy? Is this, you know, this, that, and the third? Why couldn't they just talk to me? It's not as easy as everybody thinks. Trust me. I know, because I'm struggling with it, and I've struggled with it. Now, before anybody gets there, raises their eyebrows and drops their mouth open, no, I'm not saying I'm suicidal or anything like that, but this is, this is just for those who know somebody who, who's committed suicide from mental illness this is for somebody who is contemplating it things are getting tough this is for that family member that's trying to figure out what's inside their head I'm going to try to give you a little bit of synopsis and this is one of those times that I wish you know that my vision is to have a podcast where I have callers that call in I've always wanted a show like like Martin you know, like a radio show like on Martin where callers call in and we talk about different topics and then, of course in this case it would be mental illness and I hear the opinions of others and we just talk for a good hour that, that, was, that was my vision or well, that is my vision However, well, look at it. But so I don't even know where to start. I know that um, you know I, I told you guys that I've been recently diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. I don't really feel like getting into exactly what that is, but there's a you have you know you you're constantly looking for approval. You there's a, the biggest thing is fear of abandonment, and the biggest thing that it hits is personal relationships. Um, a lot of your past can influence what's going on in the future or in your present, which messes up your future. That's what I, how I like to look at it. And you know, I, I look back from childhood 
and I'm thinking, you know, when did stuff just turn wrong? When did stuff turn left for me? And I'm going to do my best to <clears throat> stay cool, calm, and collected through this whole segment. Because I really want people to understand that my story is not all that different. I mean, from what your family member, what your loved one who did commit suicide probably went through. It comes down to just the feeling of being alone and, and being misunderstood. I feel like I've been misunderstood my whole life. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I felt like I've been misunderstood my whole life. Um... I know my grandmother used to always say that I was a happy child. And I remember that I was one of those kids that could make friends with anybody. And I didn't care. I didn't care who you were, what race you were. I mean, adults, <laughs> kids, it didn't matter. I, I, I was, I was going to talk to you. I'm still to that that way to this day, except I don't talk to kids because, you know, they got laws and stuff. But <clears throat> I was trying to remember when things went left. And before I get into that, you know, I really, I, it just came to my mind that this is really for those who are just starting out, not just for the suicide part, but for who are just getting diagnosed with the mental illness and you're lost and you're trying to figure things out and you don't know which way to turn. So the only thing you can think of is maybe turn into drugs, turn to alcohol, or turn to death. Um, I just, I, I don't know when things went left. Um, I know I wasn't a mean-spirited kid. I wasn't that kid to pick fights. I was that kid who didn't want to fight. And I only fought when I had to. I probably can count on one hand how many, how many fights I've ever been in. Um, I was rejected a lot. In school, picked on for numerous reasons, but I, I, I always, I always remember that I just took it in and kept smiling. I would laugh and joke with the same people that used to pick with me. Some people would think that's crazy. I'm looking back and I'm thinking that's crazy. That's just the kind of person I was. Like I, I didn't like having enemies. I don't, I don't know where I came from, but I just didn't like having enemies. I remember um, I, I remember Not having, I mean, we're, we're, we're cool now, but for a while, I, I don't really think me and my dad had a good relationship. We didn't have the relationship that I wanted. I'll put it that way. Um, I, I don't know why. Sometimes I think it's because I was different. And then maybe I was an embarrassment. I don't know. Never asked. Never wanted to ask. Um, I know at times my mom thought that I was too sensitive. 
um, not like gay, but like things, I guess, I don't know, that I wasn't, I was just too sensitive. Um, I don't know why, I don't, I don't know. Never asked, never wanted to ask. Um, I, I can remember I can remember sitting at home in my room by myself like all the time in high school. I, I, I can remember I can remember wanting my parents to be at my games, like when I first started playing basketball. And I really wanted my dad there because he was a coach. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I can't remember one time he ever went to any of my games. And I played a lot of games. I didn't, you know, start or anything like that, but I played I played in enough games that he didn't go to. Maybe that's where things started. I don't know. I remember when I was initially got big diagnosed as bipolar. I remember the whole week I was in Germany. The whole week or what led up to it is that I thought I was going to see my grandmother. And then like the day of, I remember everybody was blocking the door. And then they, everybody told me that I was actually going to a hospital in Atlanta. That, that crushed me because I'm going to Atlanta basically got dropped off and everybody else went back to Germany. I got left. Just, I got left. Nobody, 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 I didn't know anybody except doctors and other psych patients. There for, uh, two months came out still smiling now you know I had you know I had my troubles in school I don't ever remember I personally don't ever remember anything like I, I wasn't starting fights I had problems with teachers. I don't I don't remember that much. I just remember being misunderstood. I remember being misunderstood. And then, and then after being diagnosed, you know, I, I didn't know what the hell, what it, what it was. I didn't know. I mean, granted, I didn't even think everything was wrong with me in the first place. I, you know, it's, I will say this though, that I felt like The only people that will talk to me were counselors. And I, and I personally felt like that what I really wanted or what I needed was for my family to talk to me. For us to figure it out. And then, and, and then, and then 
and then go, you know, I guess go to a doctor, but it, it didn't go down like that. So, and that's the past. I can't do nothing about it. And, you know, I need you guys that have felt the same way. Understand if it happened in your past, you can't do nothing about it. You just have to press on. Just have to press on. I know that recently I was told that all my life I've done I've 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 done stuff for other people, or I've done what I could to make other people happy, and never been there for myself. I felt like I guess you know, and looking back, I had to. I had to. What choice did I have? How how else how else was I going to gain get acceptance from anybody? How else am I going to get approval from everybody? But try to make everybody else happy. Forty three. Got diagnosed when I was fifteen. And for the most part, yeah, I agree. I've done everything I can to make other people happy. Those who against me, those who quote unquote were for me, I, I did what I could. Got married. I ain't gonna lie, when I met my ex-wife, it was, it was great. I know I did everything I could for her. She was quiet, didn't like to communicate. You know, I, I don't know where I got it from. You know, I'll be honest with you, anything that I learned, I learned from watching TV. So I, you know, one of the things I always tried to do for my significant other was to be there for them, to listen to women, to, to, to help them with their problems. If I could, and if I couldn't, I'd do what I can to get the answer. Just do anything to make them smile. And I, I believe I did that. I believe I did that. And, you know, I'm one of them people that will admit when I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know if I've always been like that, but I know now, the last, at least the last 10 years, I've been like that. Um, and then, you know, out the blue, like literally out the blue, she leaves me for, for somebody that she used to be with. No reason at all. Just because they left things unresolved. That was that was the answer. That was the answer. Um Yeah, that crushed me. First time I ever felt heartbreak. Now I've I've been with females who I've witnessed cheat on me. And, you know, and the guy was supposed to be my friend. Yeah, yeah. I was hurt, but I hit it. I hit it. Um, I had to. What else am I going to do? I forgave her. I forgave him. Kept it moving. I I remember that to 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 to, to my to this day. What I saw, but that wasn't that wasn't the heartbreak. That was disappointment. Um, but. 
when my ex-wife, when she did that, it crushed me. It crushed me. And, you know, I was young then and um, hanging with the wrong dude and got in a whole bunch of trouble and, you know, I didn't deal with it. I didn't deal with it well. You know, I cried, but he didn't let me cry. He just picked me up. I mean, he was there. He picked me up and he just had me go, you know, meet other women to get over it. And that wasn't really my thing, but at the time it was it was it was working. I never got over what happened that summer. I never got over it. Ever. For a long time. Why did I why did I marry her? I thought I could get over it. There was a part of me that wanted to get over it and then there was a part of me that was just so angry and so upset about it that that stayed. And so part of my heart was cold for a while. And I, I know I wasn't, I wasn't always the best husband. I tried. I started out trying really good. You know, I had it was me and my daughter overseas. You know, I felt like a single father for a while because her mom was was barely home, always always working. Now I didn't understand that. I, I'm, you know, military. I'm born military bright, but I didn't know the, the side of the spouse. Nobody, nobody prep me for that so and then we end up getting divorced like 13 14 years later but I decided that after the divorce I was going to learn from it and then I was going to not be so angry anymore because nobody cared that's how I felt about it and nobody cared so what's the purpose of holding on to it you know I remember feeling that when I was married that she owed me for breaking my heart. And I remember that the day that it was that she just just destroyed it. I remember my parents coming to pick me up just live cross town and the first thing that was said to me when I got in the car was I need we need to you need to go see your therapist that crushed me even more because what I didn't need was my therapist I needed I needed my family to understand how I was feeling but I'm a guy, you know, like, you know, guys, guys don't talk about feelings, I guess, you know, I, I, I guess that's part of the reason why I was so misunderstood. Could be the reason why my dad always got mad. After my after my divorce, 
I tried to learn from it. I tried to mature and I tried to grow up. And I've only been in one, one, two, three relationships, if you want, since my divorce. If I mean, maybe, or yes, yeah, since since then, because all my my relationships are long term. And then this last one, well. The one before this last one was, you know, I was, I, I'd say it, I'm, I, I was verbally, verbally abused most of the time. And every day I smiled and I just took it. Now, there were, there were mistakes that I made. There were things that I did that I'm not proud of and you know, never abusive or anything like that. But um, there are things I could have did better. I could have done better, but apparently that relationship, along with everything else in my life, carried over into my last relationship. It just ended a month ago. Um, You know, I, you know, one thing I've always wanted is to have a family. I wanted my own. I wanted my own wife to come home to. I wanted my own partner. I never wanted to come home and be alone. I never wanted to come and have nobody to talk to about my day or to listen to them about their day. I always wanted to do, have somebody to do things with all the time. Just up and take trips when we want to. So I, I, I didn't do so well with my first real relationship. Got a divorce. A daughter stayed with her mom. Well, both of them did. And um, I was alone for a while until I met, you know, the girl who... I guess destroyed my mind. I don't know. Um, but then I met. Then I met. We'll just say her name is W A. Wow. No, I'm just going to call it what it is. Then I met the nurse. First time I was on, um, I, I had never been on, what do you call it, dating site. And uh met her. She lived an hour and a half away from me. But there was something about her. There was something about her. And I didn't realize what it was until I met her in October. I couldn't figure out what it was until like sometime in December. And I realized, and I realized what it was because I had missed it for 10 years. Like I had never had it with the woman that I was engaged to. And that was peace. Like there was this peace that she brought. That you just you just felt when you was around her. Uh, part of it is because she's an introvert; she don't talk that much. But there was this peace. I, I can't explain it. That's why I thought 
she was the one that God sent because that's exactly, you know, peace is so underrated. And she, she was the first person that I've ever, I ever told from the jump about my illness. And, you know, it's crazy because I drove an hour and a half on a Friday. I drove an hour and a half chanting the fact that I would have to turn right back around. But I didn't care. Because something told me that I can just I just either tell her and be done with it and, and roll out. Either she going to take it or she not. And she took it. She said she, she was down for it. She was okay with it. And that was, that was, oh, I was on cloud nine at that point. But I still hadn't made my decision as far as how I was going to feel about her. That really wasn't, that didn't really happen until December. No, late, no, early part of November. And she had a disability too. She had chronic, she had chronic pain, chronic back pain. She got hurt in a, she got hurt in an accident at work at one of her jobs earlier. She, you know, I guess about 20 years ago, maybe less than that. She's younger than me. Um, she got hurt. And um, debilitating back pain ever since. And I've never dealt with that except my mom, who has fibromyalgia. You know, um, outside of that, I guess we were both going to be dealing with each other's disability, which I was down for because I don't judge. You know, I whatever you got, you got it. <laughs> and maybe it's because I had what I had so long, so I don't judge people. I take it as there is, as they as they are, and I look at them as a person and not what they have. Because there was times that it wasn't easy dealing with her. You know, like I said, I like to travel. I like to get up and do stuff. She didn't like to do that. So I had to adjust. It was a tough adjustment. I'm an extrovert and she's an introvert. So it was it was tough. It was it was it was I wouldn't say it was challenging. I'd say that it was challenging. But that peace is what kept me. And it's like she would do anything she would do anything for me like but it was in a weird way it was like it was like it was nothing to her to just take us out to dinner now it was different for me because I don't like that I want to be the one to do it I'm, I'm thinking that's a man's job but it was just weird, man. And it was, but it was, it was lovely. It was two people reciprocating. It was give and take, you know, not just give, give, like, which is what I've been used, I was used to. Then I got really sick. She saved my life, literally, because uh, doctors told me that. Had she not brought me in when I when she did, I could have died because my blood pressure was that low, and I had the real I had the flu really bad. She wouldn't let me go home. She kept me in her house with her daughter there, twelve year old daughter, and quarantined me to her bedroom. Took care of me, checked on me. I mean. She took care of me. 
She took care of me. This woman, I, I thought, really loved me. And then I lost my job because I got sick. Um, and things, things turned turn, turn bad. And looking back, I, I realized that they turned bad because of what I went through with the 10-year girl. I mean, I don't want to get into all that, but let's just say she did a lot of damage to me and my family. Um... And uh, a lot of the fears and a lot of the turmoil that I went through being with her, I guess, somehow rolled up into my head. I don't, I don't know. But I thought I was dealing with, I thought it was the bipolar I was dealing with. And this was like in February. And the nurse was by my side the whole time. You know, I'm thinking that she's gonna leave because I don't have a job. And the whole time she kept telling me she's not going anywhere. But I still, I couldn't, I couldn't grasp it because it's like, I would feel it for a little while, but every time I got turned down for a job, I'm sitting here wondering or thinking at some point she's gonna leave. She's going to leave because that's what women do. Or that's what, that's what, or, you know, she's going to get upset or she's going to lose patience or something bad is going to happen. Nothing bad ever happened except Everything that I thought was going to happen, happened. First, I got in a car accident. Then I lose a job, another job. Then I lose my apartment. Then I lose her. Turns out, I had been misdiagnosed the whole time. I actually had BPD. Instead of dealing with bipolar, it was borderline personality disorder. I didn't even know. Almost six months. I could have been getting well. Could have been getting skill sets. Could have avoided numerous arguments numerous crazy thinking but hell you're dealing with two illnesses at one time that's tough for anybody I don't even know why I'm up here talking about this because it's not like you know this is helping me, but hopefully it'll help somebody else because I guess what I really want to to press upon is that you're not by yourself. You're not alone. And if I do get my vision and I am, I don't know, big time, I don't want nobody looking back saying, I don't want nobody looking at me on TV saying, yeah, but he's never been through this and yeah, he's never been through that. Because I'm telling you, I've been through it. I've tried to commit suicide twice. Handcuffed my hand to a stairwell, tried to drive him to a lake. Tried to overdose on medication, got my stomach popped.
just the other day. Had a dream because my job, my job doesn't even like me. I know they don't because I'm different. I'm uncomfortable every day and then having this illness and then dealing with this breakup makes it even harder. I can't work. The other day I had a dream that I was at work on campus. I was there in front of everybody and the nurse was there. And I was just on my knees. Crying with a gun to my head. I woke up because I was trying to figure out what that meant. So I know, I know what it feels like to feel, to think that it's over and there's no way out. Hell, I'm feeling that right now. I went from having my own spot to just a room and a place where I definitely don't belong. Like nothing here says anything that I belong here. Nothing. I am alone. Family couldn't get to me if they tried right now. I'm so far away from everybody. Me? My kids, I don't have the best relationship with my oldest, but then again, what parent does when their oldest is 21 and think they know everything? My little one is, she's definitely mine, that's all I can say, but I have them to hold on to. Because I can't leave. I can't leave them here without a father. Now, I know there may be some of y'all who say, well, I don't have kids. I don't have anybody to hold me. I don't have I don't have I don't have a reason to stay here. I mean listen to me. You have to fight. And I'm telling you, it's tough. It's so so way past challenging. And I don't know what you have. I don't know what you have left in the tank. I know me right now, I'm dead inside. I'm 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 between angry, sad, puzzled, confused, mad. I'm 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 everything at once. I don't want to be around people. And for me to say that. And I told you, I started out by telling you I was a happy child. I talked to anybody. I don't want to talk to nobody. And what makes it so bad is my job relies on me talking to people. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to help nobody. Right, let me change that. I want to. 
but I'm also scared to. I don't even know what's in me. Outside of my kids, I don't know what's in me from just saying, you know what? Fuck it. I've lived, I I can't go through another 20 years like this. I thought that this woman, this nurse was the one. In my mind, I'm going to be honest with you, she was the second coming of my ex-wife. And it's crazy because both of them are nurses. Now, me and my ex-wife, we're like the best of friends now. I can't say nothing bad about her. <laughs> she even she even talked now. <laughs> Speaking in front of crowds, I'm proud of her. She's sure of herself. She wasn't like that when I met her. She's come a long way. I can't say nothing bad about her, and I dare anybody else to. But I, I just felt like, I'm going to be real with you, that I had a second opportunity 20 years later. I'll say 15 years later, maybe, I had a second opportunity that I had somebody else who brought peace, who who was all about me. She had a daughter. She had her own house. She had her own car. She had a good job. She really didn't need much from me except for me to just be there. And all I needed from her was that peace, that love, that understanding. And then my illness fucked everything up. And she left me. Just like everybody else does. Or has. And, you know, it's, I don't know. All I know is that if you're contemplating suicide, don't do it. Because you'll never get an opportunity to see what you can build from, from, from this broken bridge. You never got an opportunity to say, to look back and say, you know what? That was a dark time for me. But look at me now. What are you, 19, 20, 25? Just get a fresh diagnosis? Hell, you could be 35, just get a fresh di- diagnosis. Life feel like it's turned upside down. What are you going to do? What are your friends going to think? Nothing. Don't do it. And for those who have family members who've done it or friends, this is what they thought about. What you hear in my voice is how they were, what they wanted you to know in their head. Trying to piece together what they're going to do with their life. Is it worth it? Can I go on? Because I promise you for the past month I've been thinking about that the whole time. Why me? Why now? You may be thinking of that too. I don't have an answer for you. I'm not going to give you no theory. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have an answer for you. But you do.
the only person that's going to be able to figure that answer out is you. Just like me. I got to figure something out. I don't know how. I don't know when it's going to come to me. People tell me to pray. It's going to come. Just stay by, stay in the word. What do you do when you can't apply it? What do you do when you have a learning disability that prevents you from understanding what you're reading? What do you do when you have so many other voices in your head you can't discern what from what? Consistently. What do you do? I hope this helps somebody. Uh, like I said in the beginning, you know, I don't even know why I, I'm doing this other than the fact that maybe one day Somebody will hear this. And, and, and just the fact that they know that they're not alone. See, that's the thing that I never had. I never had that feeling that I always felt alone and misunderstood. And I'm telling you now, from me to you, you're not alone. And I understand you. I mean, be, be nothing to you now. But just know. I understand you. And I'm pulling for you. I really am. If I could be there for you. Personally. And, and, and talk to each and every one of you. Have a conversation with you. Trust me, I would. This is the only way I can do it. I want you to hear it from a person who suffers, who still suffers. You know, I think that just a few months ago, I was happy had a plan now I don't know what the hell I'm going to do and at my age that's scary because now I have to sit back and actually come to grips and comes to terms with the one thing I wanted to do was to, to have somebody to show me love and then I can show them love. I have to come to terms that that, that just may not ever happen. And I, I don't know how that's going to change me. that's going to do to me and that's scary because I've been happy I've been trying to be I've been I guess pretending to be happy it's for as long as I can remember because I always had I always put somebody in my life that I can do something for now I have nobody to do anything for Or do anything to. To that happy child from. From North Carolina. 
a smile is gone. The resiliency is gone. But I'm not gone. I just have to find a way to find a new life. And that's what you have to do. You have to fight. And family members or friends of, of loved ones who are cutting themselves, they're, they're just, their behavior is just strange all of a sudden. They seem to be alone. They're just doing things. Just, just talk to them. Talk to them. Don't judge them. Don't call them crazy. Don't call them soft if it's a dude. Don't, don't, don't do nothing like that. Don't do it. And don't do it to yourselves. We got enough problems. Spend your time trying to find out what your calling is. Spend your time trying to figure out what your strengths are. You got them. You got them. I don't know where they are. I don't know where they lie. But please believe me when I tell you, you got them. Whether you're 15 or 55. Just because you got the illness don't mean you ain't got no strengths. You know, last time I, my last segment, I was talking about making sure you do everything you're supposed to, like medically wise, like taking medicine and things of that nature. I can't stress the importance of talk therapy along with your medication because you need skill sets. You're going to need skill sets because nobody else in this world is going to help you but you. So whether you have somebody to talk to or not, like a family member, do for you. I guess that's all I got to say is do for you. Hopefully, my next segment is a little bit more upbeat. Hopefully, I will have found an answer, or an answer will come to me. I don't know, but I can tell you one thing. The one thing that's never going to keep me down is the fact that, or change, the one thing that's never going to change is that I'm always going to want to help others. I could be in a hospital bed and I'm still going to be there for y'all. I'd be there for anybody that needs it. And whether this podcast takes off to where I want it to go or not. I believe that one day someone's going to listen to this. Listen to all however many segments I end up recording. If I can just help one person just one I'm cool. I did my job. That's all I want. I want to help just one.
talk to y'all later.